I'd like to share with you, if I may, this morning, some reflections I've been having over recent months, uh, particularly around relationships. Uh, I think we've all got very confused and there are many different voices uh, speaking into our situation and we need to be certain where it is our faith and the gospel uh, lead, leads us. Uh, what, I have paintings behind me, it's the way I reflect, I put things in images and they uh, stare back and challenge me and I have time to reflect and then perhaps to pray and I'll come to those in a moment. But I think it begins before the COVID-19 crisis uh, with the whole immigration issue um, and the questions that are posed to us uh, politically and in other ways uh, about who we welcome, who we feel close to, who we want to be close to, who we value, uh, who we may come to love. I've titled this My Backyard uh, and you may be familiar with the term of nimbyism, not in my backyard. And this morning is a bit about, well, who is in our backyard, uh, but who do we want to keep at a distance? The confusion of relationships, and we find that in the whole immigration issue, and that's been echoed uh, again and again through the Brexit issue too. You know, we distance ourselves from friends in Europe. Um, we begin to think about other relationships around the world. Uh, should they be closer? How does this happen? And so on. How do they get expressed? Um, and then still, who do we welcome? Is it just those who earn 30,000 or more? Or is it others? Who are our friends? Who do we need to be close to? I begin with refugees and you'll see the uh, painting behind me of a refugee camp with a row of tents, uh, chaotic. Uh, the characters there uh, have no faces. I don't know them. Uh, they're distant from me. Um, and perhaps in some ways I like it that way. Um, it's anonymous. And yet refugees have somehow always been very present in my backyard. And I think it goes back to when I was really very young, probably only two, when my parents welcomed a Hungarian family into our home, uh, escaping the uprising in their country. Uh, and we hosted them probably for some months. And Hilda and Bela Kovach and their three children uh, were a part of our family. But more recently, uh, I've had to do with helping to establish Restore as the church's uh, charity within Birmingham to support and welcome asylum seekers and refugees. Um, and then in Solihull, we have Solihull Welcome at St Augustine's, hosting people coming to the Home Office in Homer Road. And I know Shirley Baptist Church uh, as uh, Christchurch in the town centre have helped welcome the Syrian refugees 
more recently and to settle them into new homes. Uh, and they have had names, they have names, uh, but they still remain a little distant because of uh, culture and language and all that. Uh, so there's a relationship. They're part of uh, my backyard refugees. Um, and yet I'm very conscious that when the television screen shows images of uh, boats on the sea, uh, camps in Calais or Greek islands, there's a, a part of me that uh, is thankful that I don't need to deal with that. Uh, it is distant, it is remote. And while I'm glad to do that, I feel guilty. I am judged by my faith. The other group illustrated uh, behind me are the homeless. The street sleeper sat outside the shop that's got sale signs and we so easily would walk past on our shopping trips uh, and perhaps feel mildly annoyed that our innocent shopping trip on a Saturday afternoon is uh, somehow interrupted by a moral argument in one's mind. Do I give money? Do I not? Um, I ought to be helping, but now's not the time. On all these things, uh, these are folk who are in my backyard, and yet there is a sense of, of distance. And I know that they are very close, uh, not only in the high street, but they may live next door. Uh, I've worked for some years with Solihull Church's Action on Homelessness and learned there that the homeless are those who are sofa surfing, um, just staying on friends, uh, sitting room furniture at night, uh, perhaps having lost a job, uh, having to move out of rented accommodation. There are those who are in the women's refuge, escaping uh, domestic violence, uh, and made homeless through that, uh, and in so many other ways. Folk unseen around us, they're in our backyard, they're in my backyard, yet remain unknown and distant. And I feel uncomfortable about that um, because of my faith. The third picture behind me, you will see a, a picture of a container ship. And there are, in fact, three very, very tiny human characters in that painting. And it was a period as a director of the Sailors Society, the Free Church's uh, chaplaincy organisation for seafarers, that I had my eyes opened to seafarers who uh, are away from home for perhaps more than 12 months of the year, um, bringing goods to our shores that we class as every day. 90% of all that we consume comes to this country by sea. And the people who bring it are sacrificing family and home in so many ways in order for that to happen. These folk are not just in my backyard, they're in my kitchen cupboard. 
uh, and yet I'm not aware of them. They're close, but they are distant, and I depend on them. And one can't exclude the church uh, from this sort of critique of relationships, because we all value our close relationships in the church fellowship uh, and all that we share one with another uh, in home groups and Sunday worship, and it's all that we've missed in recent months uh, and perhaps begun to value the more. Um, but there are those elements of church that we still would want to keep distant, aren't there? There are bits of the church we uh, receive again via television and other media uh, where we perhaps feel embarrassed that they are even part of the church. We want to say they're not, not part of my church and yet the church is the church of Jesus Christ. It is one. And somehow we have to get over our discomfort and our embarrassment. They are part of our backyard, whether we like it or not. So in so many ways, refugees, homeless, seafarers, church, I feel judged and guilty in my attitudes towards others and my relationships or lack of them. What is it that prompts me to reflect this way? Why do these folk feel important in my life? Why do I feel judged that they are not closer because I put up barriers and I am a nimby person and not in my backyard? Two gospel passages stand out, although they're not alone in highlighting for us the close relationship between our relationship with our neighbours, other people, and our relationship with God, and indeed with ourselves. And uh, Helen and Mark are going to read these two passages from Matthew's Gospel now. This morning's reading comes from Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The next reading is from Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 to 40, the final judgment. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. 
I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you in sick or in prison and visit you? And then the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Amen. Two passages there which are very familiar, um, but I hope which help us in our understanding about our backyards and who's there and how our relationships with neighbour are reflected in our relationship with God and how he enables us in our relationship with neighbour. Uh, prime commandment, love God and love your neighbour as yourself. And that's so central um, and I think sharpens the fact that one feels judged a little by the uh, actions or the lack of action in relation to other people. Uh, Jesus says all the law and all the prophets hang on these commandments. Uh, God, all that God has established and all that he plans for the future are focused uh, in these commands. Love of God, love of neighbour, love of self. Uh, they're focused on us getting our heads around how we express our love in all our relationships and how all that uh, gels together. Um, the parable of the uh, sheep and the goats it strangely seems to indicate that God has in mind that he has a backyard that he's going to keep some out of while he welcomes others in. Uh, but it is also a picture of uh, uh, a gift uh, the kingdom, which is an inheritance uh, for us. And we find it as we uh, serve and love our neighbours and those who are around us. And it is the least who in the kingdom are the greatest. And so we begin to understand the interrelationship, love, of God, neighbour, self, and how important that is. Throughout Jesus's ministry, he helps us, I think, quite clearly um, to understand that he firstly reaches out. He is God reaching out into our human lives uh, to indicate and guide us and show us how uh, we might indeed know and share his love. Uh, in Mark 5 and Luke 8, we have the story of Legion, the man possessed by many spirits. Uh, and Jesus comes to know him by name. It's very personal. Um, yet there are so many evil spirits that they are driven out into a, a herd of pigs. Um, 
it seems to me that it's a message that there is nothing too big. There's no issue too big uh, that will prevent Jesus in his love um, being part of my life, being in my backyard, uh, drawing close, uh, and also, therefore, um, enabling me uh, to relate to my neighbours. There should be no issues too big, uh, nothing that will prevent my relationship with my neighbour in a loving way. Uh, in John 5, Jesus comes to the uh, pool at Bethsartha, which has uh, healing properties at particular times. Um, there's a man there who surprisingly has been there for 38 years. He's an invalid and hasn't found his way into the pool at the right time. Um, there's no criticism of the fact that the man has been there seemingly doing nothing uh, about his situation. Uh, but simply the question, do you want to get well? Uh, Jesus opens himself up to the man and attends to uh, his needs and restores him. Uh, there is a reaching out in love um, through a sort of barrier uh, and welcoming him into uh, Jesus's backyard. And there too is a... Uh, a guide for us. I wonder how often we criticise others and say, well, if they can't help themselves, I'm not going to bother. Um, but not Jesus, and it shouldn't be for us. Uh, in Mark 5, 2, there are situations where Jesus raises uh, a dead girl and where the woman with the long-term hemorrhage reaches out for healing. Um, and there are two sort of situations with many taboos around them uh, there, uh, but Jesus moves through them all and uh, brings life to the girl and healing to the woman. Uh, he counters every taboo, recognises no boundaries, uh, and that's the way it should be for us. There are no boundaries between him and us, and we should make none between us and our neighbour. And indeed, at his crucifixion, the thief is there, hung by his side, uh, but Jesus, sharing the worst, also promises the best, the paradise. Um, and Jesus is there too for us, uh, at our worst, and nothing will prevent him. And nothing should prevent us from reaching out to our neighbour, even at the worst. In front of Pilate, Jesus said to him, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, I don't think it means that it's a kingdom that is situated somewhere else at all. It's just a kingdom of a different order. It's a kingdom without boundaries. Uh, it's a kingdom that needs no defence, is open, it is gracious, uh, it is loving and forgiving. Uh, and here Jesus guides us in our relationship with our neighbour. This is how we ought to relate. And in relating to our neighbour like that, we understand how God relates to us. Uh, 
I get a greater sense of those who should be close to me and close to my heart because I recognise those who are close to Jesus. The least who are the greatest. And so our relationship with one another and our relationship with God are reflected in each other. Uh, but we haven't attended much to self and perhaps we're reluctant to because uh, if we hear somebody uh, described as somebody who really loves themselves it's not exactly a compliment uh, but we need to somehow understand how we love ourselves um, in recent times uh, mental health issues have been highlighted there are those who, because of isolation or loss of work and lack of purpose, um, have really struggled with loving themselves. And we understand that there is this great need for uh, self-appreciation and, and a self-confidence. Um, there are many instances, I think, when I'm not sure I like myself very much let alone love, uh, I suspect largely because I hold attitudes towards others that are far from the, the attitudes that Jesus would hold. And I judge myself because of that and feel judged uh, and uncomfortable. Uh, but I hope that each of us in that situation can uh, move on uh, recognising that Jesus loves us, even if we don't. Um, rather than viewing myself with shame, I must learn to view myself as Jesus does, to trust in the love that Jesus holds towards me. Uh, I think we can be as forensic as we like in our self-examination and our self-critique, as long as we also hold to the knowledge that the God we know in Jesus loves us personally, deeply and unconditionally. We need to meet with Jesus, don't we? In those instances I referred to a moment ago, now, however big my issues, Jesus can deal with them. You know, he will not criticise that I have uh, seemingly done very little to sort myself out over a long period because for him now is the moment, the important time for renewal. And there are no taboos that stand in his way, no boundaries that prevent him from sharing God's love with me and with all of us loving us so that we may love others. And of course, Jesus is there on the cross beside me with the promise of new life. We do hear that note of judgment, though. It comes across strongly in Matthew 25, in the passage that uh, we read, and uh, in the, the following half of that parable. Um, and we may not view the uh, pandemic as judgment uh, in the same way as perhaps we view Noah's flood. 
but I trust it has woken us up to the vital importance of our relationships with self and neighbour and the God we know in Jesus Christ who gives us with his love for all. So out of judgment, we do find that gracious welcome, that gracious love, which knits all together the love of God, the love of neighbour, as we love ourselves. So that's my reflection, I think, uh, around these things and with these pictures, the final picture, uh, the pianists, who is leading, who is being guided, uh, is it God and me, is it me and neighbour, is it the neighbour uh, who is guiding me and leading me into my relationship with God in Jesus. Uh, and in the midst of it all, uh, my conscience which pricks when I know I fail. And I would just leave you with the question really about your backyard and who is there uh, and how wide is your back gate. Um, and may our reflections turn to prayer, uh, clear in what Christ who lives in me is prompting, um, regardless of virus and political situation, my calling is to love God to love my neighbour as I love myself. And all that God has established and all that he plans are contained in these things. No fence to my backyard, no nimbyism, but always love, the gracious gift of God in me and in you. Amen.